morning, everyone. This is Mornings with Pastor Adam on the West Coast Bible Teacher Podcast. Yesterday morning, I didn't have a morning show. It's uh, been a very busy past couple of days for me. I just started uh, the book of Jonah at my church, which I'm teaching. Um, and I posted my first Jonah study that I taught on Tuesday night. And um, so I had it up uh, yesterday morning for all of you to listen to. So hopefully that sort of uh, made up um, for not being able to get in a morning's episode. And uh, hopefully you all enjoyed uh, listening to my first Jonah study. And if you haven't yet listened to it, I would encourage you to do so. We had such a great time uh, Tuesday night uh, at my church. A great turnout and everything. God did amazing things, and I believe that the Spirit really moved. But anyhow, this morning we're going to talk about something that I think is needed to be stressed more often in the church, or at least it's something that needs to be reminded to the people every so often. And that is that we can forget how important even what we might consider to be the more mundane tasks of ministry work are to the purposes of God's kingdom on this earth. Not everyone will be a pastor or an evangelist. Not everyone is going to be the person who's standing behind a pulpit in front of a crowd of people. Not everyone is going to have the title of reverend, or chaplain, or missions director, or leader, or anything like that. And what can happen then is Christians who have been given different gifts and talents, such that is different of the church leader, these believers might feel like their role within the body of Christ is not nearly as significant as that of the pastor or the ministry leader. But that's really not the case. Some believers, they might think that their gifts and talents really aren't significant to the church. And as a result, they never step out to see really what they can contribute to the body. And thus, they never discover that God really can use them in a magnificent and mighty way. On Tuesday morning, on this show, I talked about how I recently had spent time reminiscing about my years attending a particular Calvary Chapel out here in California. And at this church, I became very involved when I was a teenager in the high school ministry. And on Tuesday, I talked about how much of a special time it was when I was a uh, part of this high school ministry because the spirit was really moving. And the, the way the ministry was uh, structured, you know, it was, it was centered and focused on that of things that build up one another in the spirit. And one thing I remember about the group of young people that were there was that they all had a sincere heart to serve the Lord and in any type of capacity that they were needed in. There was this girl that I remembered. It's uh, it's funny, on Monday morning show, I talked about Jim and Elizabeth Elliot, their story. Jim Elliot was martyred in Ecuador, and uh, his widow Elizabeth Elliot, she went on to become a famous Christian, as is well known, an author, a Bible teacher, and she also continued serving as a missionary after her husband's death 
Well, this particular girl that I knew back in the day at the high school ministry, if there was any girl who would become the next Elizabeth Elliot, it was her. (laughs) We saw her as one who would become the next Elizabeth Elliot. She was a remarkable gal. She was a beautiful young lady. And she had this incredible zeal to serve the Lord, particularly in the area of missions. Every year she would go on a missions trip to the Navajo in Arizona. And she became very involved with a particular group out there. I think, I think that they had uh, planted a church out there, something to that effect. And this gal and her family were very involved in that whole process. Right after graduating from high school, this gal I knew, she left her family and her comfortable lifestyle, and she went and lived in East Africa for, I believe, about five months. And I remember we prayed over her. We had a, you know, going away party for her and everything. This, This is going back like 11 years ago, at least. Well, last Friday on social media, I saw an old photo of this gal and all of her female teammates back when they were on that Africa mission strip. And when I saw this picture, immediately memories just flooded through my mind. Memories of back at that time in the high school group I was a part of at Calvary Chapel. And I remember distinctly of how we had that going away party for her and we prayed over her and everything. And I remember back when she was on that trip and we were wondering how she was and we were continuing to pray for her and everything. And then I do remember when that particular photo was posted on her social media account years ago, back when she was on that Africa trip. And so Friday night, when I came across the photo, I looked down to see the date that it was posted And it was posted 11 years ago. When I saw that, I got, uh, you know, low-key emotional. (laughs) I got emotional. It's been 11 years at least. The time, where does it go? I know some of you are probably thinking, Adam, you scrolled back 11 years on someone's photos. You're like, okay. (laughs) You must like cyber-stalking people, you know. thinking back to that time. And again, this one gal was just one person out of a number of remarkable people that were at that high school ministry I had the privilege of being a part of. Now again, it was an amazing thing to see how many of these young people had a heart for service. In fact, this gal who would go every year to the Navajo Whenever she and her family were planning the missions trip, they would invite all of us high schoolers over and we would all sit down in their living room and would see, you know, they would see who was willing to come along on the trip and what they were willing to do on the trip, each person. Who is willing to help with cooking? Who is willing to help with putting together tents? And all these types of things. Who is willing to help with playing the games and planning the various games and activities that, you know, with the Navajo children that we're going to be doing, you know, 
These are all facets of missions work that might appear to be mundane or boring or not all that important. But each facet is important because they all work together to form a cohesive whole. Oftentimes, missions trips do involve you going and building a house for a family that is in need. Or helping to build a church in a poor part of the country or in the world where there is a need for a small church to be built in the community. This is where believers who may not feel that they have any significant gift or calling, this is where they need to realize that even the gifts and talents and abilities that might not seem to be all that significant to ministry work, sometimes such gifts are what is needed in order to accomplish the most monumental works of the kingdom. Never underestimate the spiritual significance and value of the behind-the-scenes work within a ministry setting. The behind-the-scenes work, the hands-on, manual type of work. The pastor and Bible teacher, they do have important roles. <laughs> but just because they're on stage and they get the most attention, that does not somehow mean that your role in ministry is lesser than theirs. When God directed Samuel to anoint David to be next in line for the kingship, God told Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. What God is concerned about is a person's heart. That's where treasure in heaven comes in. You see, God knows our hearts. And we read that there will be a day when God judges the secrets of people's hearts through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we read that at this judgment, and uh, it's not, by the way, the great white throne judgment we read of in Revelation, for that pertains to non-believers, what I'm referring to now is the judgment seat of Christ. And at that judgment, we read in 1 Corinthians 3, 13 through 15, that if anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. But it is, but if it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though as one escaping through the flames. God will be evaluating our work, and a large part of this evaluation will be an evaluation if our heart was in the right place. It will be an evaluation against that of our heart condition. So man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Do not think that you don't have any significant place in ministry simply because you are involved in a lot of what is considered the behind-the-scenes work. <laughs> Jesus said that, 
the first shall be last and the last shall be first. But I want to encourage you. You know, perhaps you do have talents, but you feel as if they are talents that aren't all that significant, at least in comparison to what other people in ministry are doing. Maybe you're someone who works well with carpentry. You're a blue-collar type of worker. But you feel like the Lord can't necessarily use you for significant things in His kingdom because you're not maybe gifted in the areas of charisma and public speaking and these types of things. And you look around and, oh, well, you know, all of these these people, these pastors and ministers and evangelists and all, I mean, those are God's men, right? I mean, those are the people who are really being used by God to accomplish amazing things. And so you think perhaps that God's not interested in using your abilities, or that you don't have any significant role in the, the kingdom of God. Not true. Have you stepped out to see if there is a need within your church body for help in the area of, perhaps, facilities and these types of things? God often uses such talents in order to accomplish huge feats for his kingdom. And maybe God is waiting for you to step out and see if there truly is a need and an opportunity to use such gifts for his kingdom purposes. Let me read to you a section from a very significant part of the Exodus narrative, starting from the first verse of Exodus 31. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Moreover, I have appointed... Aholiab, son of Ahissamach, of the tribe of Dan, to help him. Also, I have given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you, the tent of meeting, the Ark of the Covenant, law with the atonement, cover on it, and all the other furnishings of the tent, the table and its articles, the pure gold lampstand, and all its accessories, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering, and all its utensils, the basin with its stand, and also the woven garments, both the sacred garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments for his sons when they serve as priests, and the anointing oil, and fragrant incense for the holy place. They are to make them just as I commanded you. These two men, Bezalel, son of Uri, Aholiab, son of Ahissamach, and then all the skilled workers mentioned in verse 6. God led all these men to accomplish wonders for his purposes. Because of their skill and expertise, their ability in building and coordinating and all, God used them to complete what would be a monumental development in the relationship that God had with his people. The tabernacle, of course, eventually led to the temple. The temple's layout was reminiscent of the structure of the tabernacle setting. 
and both the tabernacle and temple, ultimately, pointed towards the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within our hearts through Christ's work. But the temple revealed to the people of Israel that of God's nature, who he was, and what his intention and purposes were for not only them, but for also all who submit to his will. But the workers who were first tasked with building it, without them it wouldn't have gotten done. Simple as that. And so Paul said, For just as the body is one, and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. He goes on, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the head of the feet, I have, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Every bit matters. The tasks that might appear to be the most mundane are often the most important tasks there are for accomplishing purposes, purposes in the kingdom of God. Maybe you have that type of gift. Maybe you're good with your hands. You're skilled in an area like that, but you feel as if since you're not a pastor or a minister or a deacon, you know, whatever, you don't have that calling, you, you feel then like you can't really play any significant role in the purposes of the kingdom. It can't be further from the truth. Start walking with the mindset that God can use you. And he will as long as you move forward in faith, being willing to be used by God wherever He leads you. God might eventually lead you to accomplish an incredible task, much like that of how He used the skilled workers to build the tabernacle setting. God might lead you to help build a church, or to help set up a homeless shelter, to help with various manual labors that will be involved with the mission trip. <laughs> Whatever the case might be, the behind-the-scenes work of any type of ministry 
is just as important, if not at times even more important, than what's often happening front and center stage. And so, you have a significant role in the body of Christ. Don't think that just because you're not called to be a minister or a pastor, that you can't be used by God mightily, or that you're insignificant or unimportant. God will use the talents that he's blessed you with, whatever they might be. But all you got to do is go before him with a sincere heart and express to him, Lord, I'm willing to be used by you. And he'll lead you along. And so with that in mind, I will leave you with that this morning. And uh, I will talk to all of you then next week on Monday morning. And so I hope all of you have a wonderful weekend walking in the Lord. And uh, this has been Mornings with Pastor Adam, everybody, on the West Coast Bible Teacher Podcast. God bless you. And I will talk to all of you very soon. <laughs>